This episode is brought to you by the Authentic Woman series, Identity Revived. The Authentic Woman is a platform that empowers women to radically love their body, pursue their wildest dreams, and change the world around them. If you're feeling insecure about who you are, alone on your journey, and not sure where to go, then Identity Revived is going to change your motherfucking world. I had the absolute joy of sharing a piece of my story in this collection, and I can't wait for you to get your hands on a copy of it. It makes the perfect coffee table book and is such a beautiful way to support real, raw, untouched stories and photos by women for women. Snag your copy for 10% off using the code 10LOY, that's 10LOY, and all the information on how to snag yours is in the show notes. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things health, wellness, self-care, and real talk. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, health coach, actor, and badass extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought with some serious real talk to help you find your passion, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome to episode 31 of the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast. How are you guys doing? I hope you're having a good week and that things are popping. And can you guys believe that we're almost at September? I can't even... I can't even believe that summer's almost over. It's insane. I feel like things have happened so, so quickly this summer, and maybe you're also feeling in the same boat and feeling stressed about going into fall, um, but I hope that you can take the next hour to just decompress a little bit and and just like focus inward. Um, this conversation that you are about to be a part of is one that, while really difficult, is really, really needed to be in this world. And um, one that I am just so honored to get to share here. But before we get to that, I just want to do a quick shout out to our listener of the week. You guys, you seriously just make my freaking life. I hope you know that. And just being able to navigate this life and <laughs> this world um, with all of you and constantly supporting the podcast by, you know, sharing on Instagram or leaving reviews or sharing with friends. It means the absolute world. And this week's review of the week goes to Rebecca Lucy H on Instagram. And she shouted out um, on the stories um, and was posting all about multiple different episodes um, that she's been listening to. And so thank you, girlfriend, for your love um, and for just sharing the love on on social media for the podcast. That is how we get um, we get amazing, amazing new listeners like maybe you if you're listening and you're new. Um, and that's also how um, I'm able to snag some really, really awesome sponsorships. I'm in the works for some really, really awesome things, you guys. So the more we share, the more discounts and fun stuff that I can get um, for you guys. So um, I'm really excited to be able to do that and continue to grow. And I'm just so honored to be on this journey with you. So today's episode... I have a back in the hot seat, the beautiful Anna Maria Locke. And for those of you who may have missed her first episode, um, she she came on actually episode two of the podcast. She was my very first person that I interviewed. And she's one of my best friends on the whole planet and business partners and just has she we're super different, but she has so much to give. And this year has been a really tough year. And if you read the title, which you probably did, you know that we're going to be diving into something pretty heavy today. Um, But I know that this is a topic that is not spoken about publicly, hardly ever. And I'm just so proud of her for her courage for being public about this process and sharing the ins and outs of what it's like to go through a miscarriage. Because nobody talks about it and everyone thinks that it's this big taboo thing and that something's wrong with you if that happens. And I hope that if this is something that you are navigating or know somebody that is navigating something like this, or if you are just going through a tough season, that this will bring you some light and remind you that you are not alone along your journey. Um, So without further ado, here's Anna. 
Hey, Anna, welcome to the pod. <laughs> hey, Amanda, I'm so excited to be back. You guys, we just had the funniest moment in time, and I feel like I have to share it because otherwise, hashtag not real. But like, we just like did the intro, and Anna was like, "Oh, are we recording now?" And she was, I was like, "Yeah, dude." And she was like, "Oh, god damn it, let's do it all over again." <laughs> it was the funniest shit. Oh my god, it made me laugh so hard, and I'm just really, 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 really excited to have Anna back. You guys, she was like my first guest ever. Um, episode two, if you haven't got a chance to listen to her story and all that stuff, be sure to check that out. But um, Anna's one of my best friends on the whole planet. And we have had such a crazy, crazy three years of friendship and biz wifery, as we like to call it. Um, and both of us have been navigating a lot this year. And I know that... There are a lot of topics that are just not talked about in life in general, and um, it is my intention and goal to bring on women who are either navigating things or um, experiencing life um, or, or going through specific hardships um, that we don't talk about so that they can share their perspective if they're in a place to be able to do that. And I my goal is to do that with you guys 110% on my end. Um, but also like, I'm not the only person on the planet who has stories that are powerful. And there are a lot of stories that I personally can't relate to. And maybe you can. Um, and I have wanted to have Anna come on, um, and share her, her season of life that she's been navigating, um, for the past probably year, I guess, or really more like six months. Um, and just share openly with you guys. And she's, out of the kindness of her amazing heart, um, you know, wanted to share. And she's, um, she's, she's here to be real and here to be raw with you guys. And I have no idea how this conversation is going to go. There are probably going to be a lot of tears. (laughs) Um, but I think that this is a really important thing to talk about and, um, to just be open about, and Anna is one of the most giving and open and, um, just like raw humans I know. And, um, I know that you are going to get so much from this conversation. So thank you for coming back on my love. And, um, (laughs) she's already crying. Yeah, it's it's all good. If you, if you need like a high vibe, pump you up episode, this is probably not the episode for you, but yeah. Feel the feels like solidarity with women then this is for you. (laughs) You know what though? But that's so real. I feel like it's so interesting because you guys know, like my, 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 my goal in life is to be on this, on this high vibe positive train because that's where I feel best. But sometimes I feel like as women, we are, um, have this pressure put on us to just like constantly be living in this high vibe state. And Anna, I know that you, talk about this a lot on your multiple social media platforms um, and about just like it being okay to not be okay. Um, So maybe before we officially dive in, um, can you share a little bit about how that's changed for you this year? Because I know that it can be a really tough thing to navigate just like being present with yourself and when, especially when that, that present state of yourself is not in a positive state. Like how do you navigate that in your life? Yeah, this, I have so many thoughts on this. Um, And I also love just to preface this whole conversation, something I'm really passionate about beyond just keeping it real on social media is talking about all of the shit that we never talk about, just like all the stuff that's never spoken about. Um, It's, I don't know, I think it's fun. It's healing for me. It, I think, feeling like you're not alone and knowing that you're not alone in times when you feel alone is really powerful. So um, yeah, I've been through this really interesting season of life over the last, yeah, almost year. And so the main elephant in the room is that in May I had a miscarriage. Um, It was my first pregnancy and I feel like it was It was an initiation into this new chapter, this new secret club of womanhood that I, you know, I did not choose to become a member of Mm -hmm. that I never really expected to become a member of. But it's, you know, it's been so powerful in in both good and bad ways and everything in between. And 
in terms of navigating life when you're not okay and being okay with not being okay um, and being okay with not being high vibe all the time. Like I think the pursuit of being happy and high vibe is very important. And I think we should cultivate a positivity mindset, whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I am, you know, I am a new recent, I was a skeptical fan of the whole positive psychology thing, but you know, we read, Amanda and I read the happiness advantage together uh, last month. And it was, it was a really powerful book that also let me see things in a different way and, and take control of my life and take ownership of my life. But on the other hand, it's okay to not be high vibe too, because you can't, I feel like if we're constantly putting this pressure on ourselves to be happy and be a beacon of light, especially if we're influencers or if we're coaches or if we are on social media trying to help other people, a lot of times we almost become martyrs for mm-hmm. positivity and we don't allow ourselves to feel the full range of human emotions especially as women, we are more emotional creatures and that's totally fine. And it's just like, you can't have light without the darkness. You can't have joy and happiness without experiencing grief and pain and loss and fear and all the gucky stuff on the other side. And that's something that I, I've always been a a proponent of feeling the feelings because I am more of a, I've always been an emotional person, but um, I didn't realize that I was afraid of being sad until Mm. this year and until I went through this loss and um, I didn't realize how hard it was for me to allow myself to be sad and to be low vibe when I needed to be and to take care of me. I I honestly had this breakdown moment um, just like a couple weeks after the miscarriage in bed with my husband. I had this all of a sudden this irrational fear popped into my head and I had to share it with him immediately because I've learned that whenever we have these irrational fears, if you allow it to just like bounce around in your mind, your mind is like this big echo chamber and it mm-hmm. consumes you. But if you speak it out loud, then you can, you know, it loses its power and this and the fear it sounds and it's going to sound so stupid when I say it because it is silly, um, but it was real in my head. And the fear was that if I was sad, that he would leave me. And we have, if you know Ben and me, we have the best marriage yeah. ever. Like we're, we're so codependent. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's, it's almost a bad thing how close we are. And yeah, but that was a fear I had that I didn't choose that fear. It was just a thought in my head. And obviously he helped me <laughs> come back to the truth of the matter. Um, but at the end of the day, it was like this big aha moment where I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. This is interesting that I'm allowing myself to unearth these fears um, because who's not afraid of people leaving them if we're not strong, especially as women, um, if we're mm-hmm. people pleasers, if we're caretakers, we, we shoulder this burden of making everyone else happy. So what happens when we're not happy? Yeah. What's our purpose? Will people still love us? Will we still be accepted? And the answer is yes, obviously it's totally fine. Um, but sometimes you have to force yourself to live through it and allow yourself to be weak in order to remind yourself that it's okay to be weak. It's okay to be human and that you are strong deep down. Yeah. And I think, I think that's such an interesting way of framing it. Um, like using the word weak because immediately my brain gets triggered by that word. And it's because I know I have personal, um, negative interaction and relationship with that word, like weakness and what that means. And, I I think for me it's it's just being vulnerable and it's being true to who you are and I don't think there's anything but strength in that but it's true like we're so we're so primed to believe that we need to be these like beacon of lights and when we're not that people aren't going to accept us or love us in that state and I think if anything and I know you've experienced this this year. And I know I have also experienced this this year when we share our vulnerable, not high vibe states. Um, it builds opportunities for connection and growth in whole new ways. And I think that in and of itself could be so powerful. And I know we both have talked about this a million times, but it, it, I think it is what has led both of us to getting to where we are now, which is still not okay. <laughs> but, um, but 
in a hot, in a, in a place where we feel like things are moving in a direction that feels really aligned in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And I know that's happening for you with your life coaching business and like so many things are taking off. And, and I just think like, it's, it's really interesting how things kind of happen for us. And I know this is something you talk about a lot. So before we get into that though, I want to just like straight on address the elephant, which is, you know, that you went through a miscarriage this year and that that's not something that women talk about ever. And I know that you are very science-based human and that you understood that the possibility of that happening was there. Um, but I would love if, if you're okay with just sharing kind of how this all happened and what your experience was, um, through the entire process of it, because I feel like you being open about this has been so transformational for so many women who have also navigated this in their life and felt so much less alone. And I know that there are probably a lot of people listening right now who have either gone through that or may go through that in the future. Um, and so whatever you feel compelled to share, I would just love to hear your, hear your story and, and really, really dive into that. Sure. Yeah. So insert the trigger warnings if you're sensitive to, to hearing about this, or if you're currently pregnant or something, skip ahead for a few minutes and get back to the deep stuff. Cause I do, I probably get kind of graphic, but that's real. That's life. That's messy. Being human, being human is messy. Being female is super messy. Um, we have extra orifices in our body that excrete stuff. And it's, it's weird, but it's cool. Yeah. And I have a background in science. I have a biology degree. So um, yeah. And I, I view everything. I view life as a science experiment and I view, you know, changes in my body as a science experiment too. It's, it's kind of cool. And so, yeah, but my husband and I first started or we decided that we wanted to start trying to get pregnant last October. So um like over 10 months ago. And I had been off the birth control pill for over, over a year and a half, probably close to two years by then. And so I had a more or less regular cycle. And that's a whole another conversation about what happens to your body after you come off the pill. Um, but basically, short story, short answer is that getting pregnant is a lot more complicated than our high school health teachers tell us it is. And I just think that's so ironic that for most of our 20s, we live in this paranoid fear of getting pregnant. <laughs> like anytime we have sex or touch a, a drop of semen, oh my God, I'm going to be pregnant. No, it's actually a little more complicated. Um, as women, we're only fertile for usually like five days out of the month, roughly in our cycle. And so um, when you try to get pregnant or enter the TTC club, which is called trying to conceive, uh, you, I think you learn this in stages where like the first stages, oh my gosh, let's stop using condoms. It's like, ah, crazy. And it feels so rebellious and exciting. And then a couple months go by and, and I realized, okay, I should probably start actually, um, charting or tracking my fertility to see when I actually ovulate. Cause that's the thing about Um, getting pregnant is if you're not ovulating, then you can't get pregnant. And if you're not having sex in the one, two or three days before you ovulate, then you're probably not going to get pregnant. So it's, it's hard to find this balance, like the whole trying to conceive phase of life is balanced between not turning your sex life into this like hyper regimented scheduled thing and also achieving your goal. (laughs) Um, but the best way to know when you're ovulating is to take your temperature, your basal body temperature with a special extra sensitive thermometer first thing in the morning before you get out of bed and record it. There's tons of tracking apps these days. I've personally been using the app Kindara. I, I like it, but there's a lot of other ones out there. It's really exciting because the US FDA has just approved um, at least I think two apps by now, but at least this app Natural Cycles as an approved form of birth control and contraception, which I think is super exciting that the FDA is catching up with us as we go back in time <laughs> to this fertility awareness stuff that I used to judge. <laughs> it's like being yeah. 
like Catholic, <laughs> no offense yeah. to the Catholics. Um, but anyway, so I did a couple months of tracking my temperature to figure out when I was ovulating. And um, I realized that I was ovulating way later in my cycle than I thought I was. So what do you know? Um, and then ultimately, I kind of forgot that we were trying, like, obviously, we would have more sex around the time that I, my body was giving me the signs that I was in my fertile window. Um, but other than that, just life moves on. And then in April, no, at the end of March this year, we went to Hawaii to visit some friends and just like went full on vacation mode um, and then came home and my jet lag just never really went away. And so, and then my period was a few days late. Um, and so for some reason I was kind of surprised and it was unexpected almost. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, like my boobs are a little sore. I feel jet lagged, even though we've been home for a week, my period hasn't arrived. Could I be pregnant? And so I took a pregnancy test and um, I didn't even really know how to read a pregnancy test. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> the one I had gives you like two lines if you're pregnant, but I didn't know that. And the line was really faint. I thought it had to be super dark. And so I was just kind of like, huh, what is this? I like, I don't know. I don't even know where my, I was, I was pregnant. So my, my brain was just MIA. Um, and so I told Ben that night and I was like, Hey, I think, I think I'm pregnant. <laughs> it's the most surreal thing because aside from being extra tired and spacey and having sore boobs, like you feel normal. <laughs> you visualize, like I always visualize pregnancy as like either um, like projectile vomiting and being super sick or else having a huge belly. You know, that's, mm. that's what it means to me seeing pregnant yeah. women. But no, it just, it was kind of weird. Um, and so it was really exciting. Uh, we ended up um, <clears throat> waiting a few weeks to tell our parents because we wanted to be able to tell my parents in person when they came to visit. And we wanted to be able to tell our grandmas in person. Um, and so we did, we announced to our family, it was super exciting. I don't, I don't think I even told my sister cause I wanted to be able to, um, I don't know. I was trying to figure out, it's like, it's a whole like, Oh my gosh, how do we announce it? And it's, it's, uh, <laughs> then it, you, you know, it's complicated cause you don't, you want to tell your family in order before you tell anyone else and just, I don't know. It's kind of announcing a pregnancy. I was making it more complicated <laughs> than it, mm -hmm. it maybe needed to be. Um, but around that time as well, I was going in to get um, my first doctor's appointments. And then around the time that you are six to eight weeks pregnant, usually you go in for your first ultrasound these days, which is pretty early, but it's just to measure the, the embryo and get a more accurate estimated due date. And another thing I learned is when you're counting the weeks of pregnancy, the weeks start with the first day of your last period. So by the time you figure out that you're pregnant, you're usually at least four or five weeks pregnant, mm -hmm. which I was like, oh, score. First trimester is like a third of the way over already. So that was something kind of random that I learned. Um, so we went, I went in for my first ultrasound and Ben was at work because he was a teacher and so I went in by myself and got this ultrasound um, and I was expecting it by this point, I was six or seven weeks by the calendar. And by that point, you usually are able to see a heartbeat of your embryo and an actual little tiny baby developing um, that looks more like a tadpole. But the ultrasound tech said that she could only see an empty gestational sac with maybe the beginnings of a fetal pole, but there wasn't actually an embryo developing yet. And instantly I was just kind of like, what? Um, it was super unexpected news. And at that point, at that stage, it was so early that that is not an uncommon experience mm -hmm. because our bodies are, you know, it, there's so much variability in when the egg was fertilized, when I ovulated, when it implanted, and some embryos might develop later and the, the early ultrasounds can be super inaccurate. So it was really kind of inconclusive, but it was still pretty crushing because I went in expecting to see my little baby and see its heartbeat. And instead it was just this empty sack. Um, but my doctor said that no need to freak out yet, but I had to go in for more blood tests, uh, which is more accurate form of tracking your pregnancy, just to make sure your pregnancy hormones keep rising and I had a follow-up ultrasound two weeks later. And so they were just basically like, don't worry, come back in two weeks. 
and we'll see what happens. And I know if you've ever been pregnant, you can understand that these weeks between just the weeks of waiting are the longest and worst weeks ever. And in the meantime, I was just trying to distract myself, but um, I still had all the pregnancy symptoms, like feeling constantly hungover. <laughs> it was just not the most fun. And yeah, so I finally went in for the follow-up ultrasound. Ben, uh, we went in early morning so Ben could come with me um, before work. And I guess before, a few days before that though, um, I had another deep down, I don't know, like deep down, I knew something was wrong. And despite all the medical evidence about, oh, it could be fine. I just knew something was wrong. And sure enough, a few days before my second ultrasound, I started spotting and then I started bleeding a little bit. And again, this is not necessarily bad for your first trimester, but again, it was literally my, I literally had nightmares and this is another first trimester fear. It's like you have night, I had nightmares of <laughs> bleeding um, and all of a sudden it was coming true. And so we went for the second ultrasound I was bleeding even harder by then. And um, the embryo had developed more. So it was growing, it was still growing, but just not um, growing enough. And it did have a, a faint heartbeat, but it was really, really slow, like half the rate of what it should be. Um, and so we had the nicest ultrasound tech. I was just so grateful for her. She was a mom. She had a baby later in life and she was just so sweet and so supportive and comforting. Um, but I, I got the results of my blood work done and sure enough, my hormones weren't going up like they should be. And so my doctor told me that I was having a miscarriage and because I had known deep down that it was coming, it was almost a relief to know for certain what was happening. Cause I am a control freak and I hate feeling like things are out of control in my body. And so just knowing what was happening, I was like, okay, cool. Now we can make a plan. And at least I have the facts. So I just went home and waited for it to pass. And sometimes, and again, this is just like, so dependent on your body. Sometimes your body will pass the miscarriage, <clears throat> pass the, the baby on its own. Uh, sometimes it won't. And you have to go in for surgery. It's called a DNC. <clears throat> And so sometimes your body doesn't even, it's called a mis miscarriage when your body doesn't even realize that your embryo has stopped developing and you don't know until, some women don't know until they go in for like their 10 or 12 week ultrasound. So there's so many different possibilities. And most of the time it is just because of some sort of, I don't know, some sort of genetic mutation in, in your cells and there's nothing that you can do. It's just kind of random. Um, and, and that's, yeah, there's almost nothing you can do. It just happens. And so, yeah, I went home, sat on the couch. You came over, <laughs> love you forever. <laughs> and watched American Idol. <laughs> Literally like and five hours of American Idol. <laughs> it was, it was my lifeline. I just, just watching young teenagers pursue their dreams is just the best thing. If you're ever going through hard times, highly recommend. Um, and yeah. And after a few hours, I started getting uh, cramps. Um, I was taking some ibuprofen. They're pretty bad cramps, but not the worst cramps in my life. Um, and then a few hours later, I did end up passing. Um, yeah. The, the embryo and the whatever the embryonic sac and stuff and my best friend is a pediatrician so she's never had a miscarriage but she was telling me you know what some of her patients have experienced and um yeah my mom had lost my mom lost her first pregnancy too and she had always been open about that and so I I had support um but still it was it was it wasn't like as traumatic as I expected just because uh, my baby hadn't developed as fully as it could have by that time. And so I can't even imagine how horrible it is to miscarry a pregnancy in later stages, but developmentally it was only um, like seven weeks developed. So there wasn't actually a visible embryo, which I'm just so, so grateful for. Cause I don't even, I can't even comprehend how 
like that's my worst nightmare now um but it ended up just being yeah it was kind of like a gush it was like um the heaviest period of my life with a couple giant clots it felt really weird it was almost like I was pooping something out of my vagina <laughs> like, I told you this would be graphic um, reward you like, guys reward it you didn't hurt. <laughs> it didn't actually hurt but the cramps hurt um uh, yeah so it was the saddest day of my life Ben and I ordered right I ordered um hamburgers and fries from our favorite restaurant because hamburgers and fries are one of my biggest pregnancy cravings and we had some champagne in the fridge just like left over so I had a glass of champagne just so I could because I wanted to drink <laughs> mm-hmm. and just kind of celebrating this baby's short life and yeah and that's that's what it's like and that's the actual miscarriage but then what I didn't expect was that sometimes you'll keep bleeding for a pretty long time afterwards and I did I bled I kept passing blood and tissue for um over a week afterwards just it wasn't ever super heavy but it was just a little bit kind of like having a period that won't end and but more tissuey just because when you have a period you're shedding your uterine lining from from like three or four weeks so I was shedding my uterine lining from like eight or nine weeks Mm -hmm. plus all the other developmental stuff that had been growing and so it just took a while um and then we ended up going to Florida that next week for our team retreat, our girls trip, which it was a week, pretty much like the week after it happened. So I was still bleeding a little bit, but I felt my energy was still low, but I felt fine to travel and I wanted the distraction of a girls weekend. And so that's when I call it my uterus's last stand. Real life. <laughs> it was like, and I just like laugh at this. Um, it was the morning that we were supposed to leave. And I say we, meaning Amanda and me and mm-hmm. some of the coaches on our health and fitness coaching team. And I was feeling tired and having some cramps. So I was kind of like sleeping in. <laughs> Amanda and the other girls, you guys were working out in the living room. And I started getting the cramps from hell. Like I cannot, I, I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't have the biggest pain tolerance, but these were intolerable. Um, it wasn't really cramps as much as it was like this relentless contraction that wouldn't let up for over two hours. Uh, it was almost like a wave, but it would never go away. I timed it. It was like a minute on like 10 seconds, a little tiny bit off. And then a minute on, um, it was the worst. It was the worst. I, yeah, I just felt weak. I couldn't talk. I, I threw up after I tried to eat a banana, Mm-hmm. Um, and then Amanda ended up taking me to an urgent care in Fort Myers or Naples, Florida. <laughs> I'm like forever grateful for you. <laughs> so you had to fill out the intake forms for me because I literally couldn't even write my own name. Down. Took Biz Wife to a whole new level for sure. <laughs> yeah. And this urgent care doctor was kind of like, I don't really know what I can do for you. Cause I wasn't the crazy thing was I wasn't really bleeding. Um, I was just paranoid cause I'm a hypochondriac and I was paranoid of getting a uterine infection, but I guess it was fine. They ended up giving me a shot. this like high dose painkiller in my butt <laughs> and giving me a prescription for Vicodin, which I never ended up having to take, but I just wanted to be able to get home. So mm-hmm. I was like, are you serious? But luckily that was the end of, <laughs> actual experience um that's something that they don't tell you about another thing they don't tell you about is the tissue I was losing because it took a while to lose it had a really funky smell so if it ever happens to you or a friend and she's like oh my god this smells like ass it's okay it's probably okay um it might be an infection that's what I was paranoid of Mm. but or it could just be tissue passing out of your body so um yeah so that's the full graphic story. Thank you for sharing. I know it's not easy to talk about. And I know that I know that everyone listening is just madly thankful for you just being so open about that. Um, yeah, I, I totally was part of it in a very small way and I'm just glad I could be there for you when I could. Um, 
but it's also one of those things that I have no grasp on. And I don't think you understand what it's like until you've been through it. It's like you join this club almost of people um, once you've navigated that in your life, because it's, it's just, it's this crazy thing that you can't understand until you've experienced. And also this crazy thing that nobody fucking talks about. So my question is, is when you were in that phase of like in between, I don't really know what's happening. Like, did you find resources that you could like hold on to or even after the fact, like how have you, how have you navigated that? Especially because I know starting a family is something that's still something you want to do. So how have you navigated like this period outside of just like being really scientific with yourself? Like where have you found support and how have you been able to get that in your own life? Yeah, it's been, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's been super hard and it has been super isolating. Um, But luckily I've felt comfortable sharing my experience because it's honestly part of my job as a health and life and uh, wellness coach. And so while it was like during the stages of my early pregnancy, like here's another really stupid thing is that society tells us we're not supposed to announce our pregnancy until Mm. we're safely in the second trimester. And I say safely because the risk of miscarriage goes way down once you pass 13 week mark and get in your second trimester. So for the first three months that you're pregnant, it's like, we have to keep it this big secret. And I don't know. It's, it's a super personal decision. And I understand both sides of the story. But for me, um, I think next time I do get pregnant, I'm definitely, I did not really wait super long. I never announced the pregnancy publicly. Um, but next time I get pregnant, if God willing, I'm probably going to share pretty much as soon as we tell our family, just because mm-hmm. I think it's important because if you do lose, if something bad happens, you do lose a the pregnancy, then you can have the support because people yeah. do know what was going on. And yeah, I don't know. It gets complicated because you don't want to announce you're pregnant and then have the awkward conversation of people who don't know you had a miscarriage asking about your baby. Like it's super right. messy and hard, but at the same time, there's so much support out there because that, yeah, like you said, it's like you join the secret club where as soon as I started talking about miscar- my miscarriage, so many women came out of the woodworks that I had no idea I'd had a miscarriage. And we're like, oh, it happened to me too. Um, mm-hmm. The statistics say that one third of every pregnancy is lost. And don't, I mean, if you're pregnant or trying to get pregnant, don't let that scare you because most of the time they're lost before you even know you're pregnant and you just think right. it's a period. Mm-hmm. But it's not, you know, it's not uncommon. And it does not mean that something is wrong with you or that your body failed you. Um, it's just, Yeah. And I mean, that is the science part. Like, obviously it's super emotional too, not to mention the biggest hormone crash and roller coaster of your life. Um, But yeah, during the early stages of my pregnancy, I, yeah, I shared with a couple of my really closest friends who had kids um, because I wanted to be able to connect with women who knew what I was going through. And that was super helpful to me. And um then through the miscarriage itself, before I shared what happened, I had a couple friends who slash clients from my accountability groups who I knew had gone through miscarriages. So I really leaned on them. And I also, um, not going to lie, this I would not recommend this, but this is what I did um, during those, those two weeks of uncertainty about like, Oh my God, what's happening in my body. I got sucked into the message boards online and just don't. (laughs) And you know, like I downloaded all the pregnancy apps that tell you your baby's development and all the FAQs and all the message boards. And I was just addicted. It was like a compulsion. I was just addicted to like Googling and searching and trying to find other women who had had the same experience as me. And Um, It's hard to find and no one really talks about it, which is why I did end up writing a blog post about it just because I want to contribute to the resources out there. And so um, it's that if you just Google, I'll link it in the blog post, I'll look at it. it. Um, But I want to create a resource for if you have a friend who's going through it, or if you personally are going through it. um, Yeah, and also giving myself permission and space to go through the grieving process. Like I can't, 
overestimate or underestimate. I don't, I, I can't say that enough. Um, cause, cause in the back of your mind, you might think to yourself like, oh, women go through so much worse. Like, it's not like I had a stillborn. It's not like I had a late term miscarriage. You know, it's not like I had a baby's disability, but at the same time, it's like, no, as soon as you're pregnant, as soon as you find out you're pregnant, some sort of evolutionary instinct kicks in and you bond with your baby and losing that and just losing this future that you've created in your mind about this child, that freaking sucks. It is a loss. It is a death and you're going to grieve it. And it's okay to grieve. It's okay to be sad and you have to grieve. You have to let yourself be sad. And so I know you'll probably, um, you have to go right back to work, of course, because not like you can take a maternity leave, but for your body physically, you, your body thinks that it just went through labor. Like, yeah. So it's, it's kind of intense. So just be really kind to yourself. Like I didn't work out for several weeks afterwards. I continued to eat a ton of calories, um, a ton of healthy fats and just kind of give myself permission to put my business not to the side. So still, but having your own business is hard to navigating that, but just kind of like re reprioritizing my priorities and making me <laughs> my number one priority mm-hmm. and being okay with that and unapologetic with that. And um, yeah, that's my random. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine the the ups and downs of what you've been internally navigating the past few months. And obviously I think there is, I know for me, I have found so much power when I've been dealing with hardships, um, in sharing my story. Like that's something for me that's really positive and I know has been for you too, but what do you feel like has been like, even like little small things that you've, given to yourself throughout the day that's allowed you to just be and just like navigate it and and attempt to move forward in whatever way that means whether it's positive or feeling like ass you know like what are some tools that you've used that have helped you along this journey so feeling the feels whenever I feel triggered like whenever something triggers me or I feel on the verge of tears I try and just let myself cry it's it's hard um but it feels so good and just let myself have the breakdowns mm-hmm. and also setting loving boundaries um and knowing my own triggers because like there's a certain point in life like some triggers you want to be triggered so you can heal <laughs> but sometimes like you just want to set boundaries so for instance I'm triggered a lot by um, it's getting better and better, but at the beginning, I was super triggered by seeing other women announce their pregnancies because all of a sudden, this spring, they're literally words like literally everyone it seemed mm-hmm. like that I knew in in real life and on Facebook was announcing their pregnancies, and um, it's kind of slowed down. But there's this big baby boom in May and June, and it just ah, it just made me feel so sad. I mean, I was happy for them, but it just reflected yeah. my loss back to me, and so. Um, I unfollowed, uh, you know, some friends, not going to lie. Like, don't be afraid to unfollow your friends. You don't have to tell them or you can tell them, but just be happy for them and protect your heart. Um, and also I found what's really important for me is having creative outlets. So just focusing on the little things that were making me happy. So Mm. I love, I love being crafty and creative. So I, started a headband line in my Etsy shop and I went to the fabric store and just gave myself permission to just order all the fabric and lose myself in the creative project um which has been really fun also I watched the entire recent season of American Idol in like one week (laughs) I just binged it that made me feel good (laughs) and yeah now I've been I've recently discovered Game of Thrones so I've been reading those books just doing things for hours and hours that make me feel good. And, um, I think sometimes like sometimes that could be seen as avoidance or as numbing out, you know, or, uh, buffering as Brooke Castillo says on the life coach school podcast, but yeah. sometimes it's self-care and it's up to you to decide what you need and just give that to yourself. So 
at the, it's like intuitive eating too. Like a lot of times people say, oh, if I gave myself permission to eat whatever I want, all I would eat was ice cream and donuts. And, and the truth is like, yeah, you might eat ice cream and donuts for the first day, but then you reach a point where your body is just like, oh my God, give me a I vegetable. Can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with like self-care too. So there's a certain point on like our episode six, American Idol, like, um, where I'm just like, okay, I need, I'm ready <laughs> to like go mm-hmm. back out into the world. Um, but in the meantime, just doing, listening to what your body and your heart and soul are telling you. Um, and also talking with, this has been a huge, is finding women who have gone through the same thing and talking with them and, and sharing my story and talking about my experiences with people who have been there. Mm-hmm. That has been super helpful. Yeah. Those are all great things to do. And sometimes we do just need to like have a day where we literally are the least productive humans on the planet. And that is the most productive thing you can do for yourself. And I know we're both recovering overachievers. So it's hard to admit that, but it's I've actually started a new hashtag. Feel free to join in called hashtag unproductive weekends. And so mm. let's glorify the unproductive unproductivity, at least on the weekends, at least on like one afternoon or one hour, yeah. just like do something for fun. Cause that's I love that. that I've really learned through going through this is proving to myself that, Hey, I can be unproductive and I can put self-care first. And that's yeah. a really awesome lesson I've learned and a shift that I've made that I'm going to take with me moving forward. I love that. Okay. So moving forward, for anyone who has either navigated this before or maybe might in the future, because as you said, it's way more common than is talked about. Um, how do you approach pregnancy now? And like, do you feel like you're going into the next phase of your life excited, nervous? Like, how are you feeling about the potential of getting pregnant again? And is that something that you are wanting? And if so, like, how, how are you navigating that? Yeah. So it took a while. I took three months off. Um, I know that some women feel ready to, to try and get pregnant again right away. Um, but my gynecologist recommended to take a few months off, just like mentally and psychologically. And I thought personally for me, that was great advice because I wanted to make sure my cycle was back and wanted mm-hmm. to make sure everything was healthy. Um, my cycle did come back a lot sooner than I expected within like four weeks. I had my period again. And ever since then, my cycles have been honestly more regular and textbook than they have ever been in my entire adult life. Almost like my body went through this hormone cleanse, <laughs> literally. Crazy. Yeah. Which is a silver lining. And so, yeah, we've recently, um, started trying to conceive again, entered back into those waters and I'm going to say, so it's been three months and my last, so my last period before we started trying again, I was super emotional just, yeah. Cause it brings up a lot of grief again. Mm-hmm. Um, and also questions, all the fears and the questions of, oh my gosh, are we actually ready? But at the end of the day, I know this is what I want. This is what my husband and I want. And, um, at least I, I know that I can get pregnant, which has taken one huge fear away. Uh, thank goodness. Yeah. And so uh, I am approaching it differently, though. I honestly feel less afraid just because I am more experienced and I do know what it's like. And there's more, there's less of that unknown factor. Mm. And I am not probably not going to download all the pregnancy apps I'm probably going to have more of an intuitive personal experience with my body. And that's what I'm doing as well is just trying to let my body be the guide and yes, tracking my fertility and all of that, but not making it as much of a science thing, making it more of a, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like an experience and also doing my best to celebrate and enjoy this season of life and be in the present moment and focus on gratitude. I'm going to say that was the biggest shift for me this summer is making the conscious effort to be present instead of always trying to rush off to the next season of life or or Mm -hmm. finally like achieve pregnancy or have a baby or have a family. I'm just living in the here and now and giving myself permission to enjoy this season of life without being afraid of 
if it's going to last or how long it's going to take to get pregnant or, oh my God, well, that's well, how, many, how many things are going to change once we have kids. Yeah. Just trying to live in the present, not worry about all of that, but we'll see. Have good days and bad days. <laughs> no, but I love that. It's so simple, but I feel like, I don't know. And, and obviously I haven't been through this, but I feel like my brain immediately went to like, well, if this were to happen to me, I would probably be terrified of even trying again because like, I wouldn't want to have to go through it again. And like, what if I can't like, you know, I would have, I feel like I would have all these negative thoughts spiraling around in my brain. And I'm sure that those are things that are probably in yours as well. And anyone who goes through this, but I think that that is such a powerful and, and such a easily applicable or at least easily understood way of just being like in the here and now and just saying, mm-hmm. you know what, I can't control what happens, but I can control how I shift my mind and what I focus on. And I think that is just such a powerful thing. So I think that's really, really beautiful. Yeah. Seriously. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. You are incredible really and truly. And I'm just, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for sharing from the bottom of my heart. Um, it is so, 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 so incredible that you just have the, have the kindness in your, in your soul and just the, the true authenticity of just like being you, who you are, because this is going to help so many women. And I hope you know that. Um, and I, I know you know that. And I hope I'm it just does. <laughs> it, it will. And and I'm just so proud of you for for having the courage to share because it's it's hard to talk about because it's not yeah. talked about. And so thank yeah. you for thank you for leading the charge in that way. Um switching and pivoting for just a little bit before we hop off. Um obviously this has been a big part of your year, but I also know that you have a lot of other stuff going on that's been really beautiful and awesome. And you have some really exciting stuff coming up, um, with your life coaching business specifically. So can you share a little bit about, um, like what I feel like you've, you've come into your own and like your vision for what you want your path to be with your clients and like your business has really shifted. Um, so can you share a little bit about like what you've got going on and what you're up to and, and what that vision has turned into? Absolutely. Yeah. And this so relates to everything I'm going through as well, because something I've become really passionate about is menstrual cycle awareness ever since I quit the birth control pill and learning how to tune into our own energy and um, mental, (laughs) physiological, emotional, all these shifts that happen to us as our hormones fluctuate throughout the month um, based on our menstrual cycle. And um, really taking a more embodied approach, embodied as in listening to our bodies, um, to life. Uh, I've practiced this with my workouts, with a little bit with my nutrition. Um, And I know there's a lot of amazing, amazing nutrition and health coaches out there that are getting into hormone health. I think this is a rising, I'm not going to say like industry, but it's a rising um, interest. I don't, it's a rising thing as, as women as we start to find freedom in, in ourselves mm-hmm. and our bodies and as the patriarchy crumbles. So it's really empowering and something that I've been practicing is applying this menstrual cycle awareness to my business and to the way that I show up in the world, because I, I used to view it as, Oh my God, I feel like a completely different person at different times of the month, you know, where some, some weeks you're crushing it and you're just like, navigating all of the things and superwoman. And then the next week you have an existential crisis and you doubt everything and have a breakdown and your inner critic is out to play. And I've realized that these fluctuations happen um, mainly because of our hormones, but they don't have to be a curse and we don't have to be held hostage. We can use that to empower ourselves to really leverage the strengths that we have in every different season of our month or our cycle as women. And it's super cool because I have a background in environmental science, which on paper has nothing to do with what I do now, but in actuality is everything to do with what I do now, because I'm starting to teach women how to identify and um, relate to the four inner seasons of 
their cycle. So it's winter, spring, summer, fall, the different energies, the different strengths, the different downfalls um, of each season. And I'm teaching them how to tune into their bodies first and then apply that wisdom to the way they show up in their businesses too. And this is, has been such a game changer for me in terms of um, leveraging my creativity, in terms of creating content, in terms of structuring my month, in terms of when I take time off to rest, because that is super important, often neglected part of business. When I do all my live videos, when I put more, more of a load on my plate, when I back off, just empowering myself to listen to my body instead of just following the plan of all these business coaches and all these personal development and mindset and business authors who are usually white males. Um, I'm, it's so liberating to use your own body as your guide and your own inner intuition and your own inner wisdom as your mentor, your own mentor. So I'm super excited. This is, I don't know, I'm like freaking out that this is here, but I have put everything that I've been practicing and working with, with my clients into a 12 week program, a group program called wild synchronicity that I have officially launched and opened this week. So it's open for enrollment right now. It's a 12 week program on aligning your business to your menstrual cycle for more fulfillment and flow. I'm going to teach you how to tune into your body. Um, and this is more of a, more of a, teaching you how to teach yourself mm. more than a, Hey, I'm going to give you a plan to follow. I'm going to teach you how to be your own expert in you, no matter what your cycle looks like mm -hmm. and how to identify and really feel and be aware of these shifts in energy in yourself. It's so cool. Um, it's just so cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, excited I'm so excited. It. I feel like this is such a needed thing. And I, I mean, whether you're a business owner or not, I feel like getting in touch with your cycle and understanding that there is a reason behind your moods literally mm -hmm. like is so huge and knowing that you can choose to make it work for you and to give yourself the space to allow it to like work in a way that's positive instead of feeling like you're constantly bumping up against yeah. it. Um, yeah. is so powerful. And I think that this is so needed and I will put all this info in the show notes for you guys, because if you are a business owner, like this is something you should do. Like this course is it. And I'm just so excited to see all of the shifts. And another thing, if you kind of want an intro into what that looks like, or like, what the fuck is she talking about seasons and like all this stuff? Cause I know for me, I was super, like, I had no idea what the fuck she was talking about or anything. <laughs> she started talking to me about all this like menstrual cycle awareness, but it's been a game changer for me. And, um, Anna and I are actually co-hosting a retreat, um, in October, the weekend of October 5th, uh, 6th and 7th, um, in the Chicago area. Um, and she's going to be doing a workshop on cycle awareness there. Um, and there'll be obviously a much smaller kind of intro into, um, into obviously she's not going to be able to teach everything she's teaching in 12 weeks and that's going to be a way more intensive group course. But, um, if you are craving in-person connection and just are really looking for like a, a weekend wellness experience and, and want to learn more about your cycle and, and just really, really focus on your body and sisterhood and, um, detoxing from the digital crap that is mm -hmm. around you and just, uh, having like a slumber fest in the woods. Um, come and hang out with us. We would love, love, love to have you. Um, it's um, over at empoweredandfreemovement.com. I'll put that in the show notes for you guys as well. But early bird pricing is only good through the end of August. So if you're listening to this this week, hop on board. We're about halfway sold out and would really love to have you there and get to spend some time in person with you. Um, and sh maybe share some vulnerable shit that we're navigating or with you or, you know, feel free to open that space because I think there's a beautiful thing about being online and having social media stuff and, and talking to you guys via the podcast, obviously, but there's nothing like in-person connections and we know that more than anything and would really love to see you there. So thank you so much. So fun. Yeah. Thank you so much, Anna, for just being yourself. <laughs> That's it. Like, I just adore you. You are such an amazing human and I'm just so grateful you're in my life and I cannot thank you enough for sharing from the bottom of your heart. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are the best. Oh, thank you.
And you are welcome. Yeah. (laughs) And there you have it. Thank you so much, Anna, for coming on and sharing your story. And for all of the show notes and everything we talked about on today's episode, head on over to www.amandacatherineloy, that's Catherine with a K, dot com forward slash podcast forward slash 31. Or you can just check out on your app all the goods. And until next week, you guys, I will see you in our Facebook community, our Live Your Fuck Yes Life pod squad. I will see you on the Instagram. Be sure to come on over and say hey over at Live Your Fuck Yes Life or at Amanda Catherine Loy. That's where I spend most of my time these days. And until next week, I'll see you on the flip side. Bye.